0: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Alarms podcast. We are back with our Game Week 14 preview plenty to discuss as ever, particularly with those all-important and exciting European fixtures in midweek. My name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined by the David De Gea, to my Andrea Nana, Sandy Case. Uh, he doesn't like that one. Doesn't like and I don't really blame you, but it, yeah, you're seeing a lot of a lot of clangers at the minute. I guess you're more gonna have a, a, an issue, um, take Umbrage with the idea that David De Gea is better. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I have That's no inspired. problem
1: with disparaging and Anna, but to 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 make the equivalence that De Gea was was better that no, no, no. no. I mean not towards not towards like that particularly towards the end. I mean if 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 the if the comparison is De Gea at his best in a Man United shirt versus Anana at his best in a Man United shirt maybe ever so slightly just because obviously De Gea's peak was like winning the league right so but but generally speaking no
0: absolutely not no right obviously because you know you spent a lot of money on him didn't you so is there an element of sort of buyer's remorse almost like a better the devil you know type vibe I mean I, I I I, I don't know as well. This is this, this is going to sound potentially very um, very silly, maybe, but I think broadly in football, particularly at top level punditry and maybe therefore at scouting, I think there's just a lack of understanding of what goalkeepers do and what is expected out of keepers. And I I, I kind of wonder sometimes when you're a club making a move like that, there's kind of almost. Uh, again, I don't, I'm reluctant to say this because it sounds a bit silly, but there's more, it feels like there's more guesswork or you're rolling the dice more with a keeper than you are maybe with other positions. Do you think there's anything in that? And therefore, you know, or you'd know, you maybe make the decision for Anana over and over again, but whether it turns out well or not seems more down to chance, and whether he settles and what his confidence is like than perhaps other positions.
1: I don't know, I mean, because I don't know what's causing the errors, right? I mean, definitely no better the devil you know feeling. Apps absolutely not. For a long time it'd been clear De Gea wasn't good enough. I mean, he cost us going out of Europe last year, he cost us the FA Cup final. He had many, many mistakes last season, um, in the way Anana's having now. So just because the new ones have a mistake doesn't mean the old ones are like nullified. So no. Um buyer's remorse maybe obviously because it's 50 mil and he's not doing doing great I think it is difficult there is an element of rolling the dice I suppose in that the evidence like he was very good for Inter Milan last season and he's obviously a lot better with his feet than De Gea was Um, and that's something he obviously played under Ten Hag before and been very successful going to Champions League semi-final and winning multiple Dutch leagues and stuff under Ten Hag Champions League final with Inter last year, so experienced in the Champions League, really. Um, so, and, and, and a lot of his errors have come there, so it, it is a bit strange. You don't uh, so It's hard to, to analyze, because don't really know what's caused those errors to happen. It's not like he's got a long, I mean, he, he was infamous for having the odd error in him, but then Allison does, and Edison does occasionally. I think it kind of just comes with these keepers who, you know, handling the ball isn't necessarily their number one attribute. So, um, it wasn't r- much more of a red flag for him than it was for like those ones coming in and and the the the, the feeling was that the upside with his feet was you know worth it so um it, yeah i don't know because because like if there'd been loads of those type of errors in the past and we'd still gone ahead and spent 50 mil on him then you'd go yeah remorse buyers remorse right but um because they seem to have been a bit obviously more in number than than any than previously in his career it's hard to kind of like what what what's causing them why has it happened it's not like he's just suddenly developed these gaffes like in his game overnight it's, but there's been so many of them now that it's more than just a coincidence or like a mistake it's it's a it's mm. kind of problem so
0: tri- tricky to analyze yeah it was watch uh, watch the game last night because you were at portman road uh i don't care how good it was but how cold was it very cold very cold but i'd i'd
1: prepared exceptionally well so i I didn't feel it too bad because many layers thermal everything yeah so yeah not, not too bad
0: but very cold i'm not particularly good at layering up or preparing for cold weather football matches and i feel as a League Two fan, given you generally go to windier and less, I guess, built up, less sheltered stadiums that I perhaps should be. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just some. I just can't be. sometimes I just can't be bothered to like put so many layers on. It just feels uncomfortable. And I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a bit nippy. I think is kind of where I come down on that sometimes. But equally, I'm I'm, I'm off I'm off to to Copenhagen this weekend. It's going to be very cold there and. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about how I might feel I think and this is I've only got myself to blame yeah I mean it's a very silly attitude um can't be bothered
1: to put something on that's going to keep me from feeling really bad like I mean, <laughs> it,
0: well, I mean when you put it like that <laughs> that, it, it
1: that feeling when you're sat there in a because stadiums like the you know there's a lot of metal and concrete around everything is very cold I think when you're sat out there in those conditions mm. and i suppose at portman road the difference would be the warmth of twenty-eight thousand other people you know the simple body heat penguin uh huddling vibe which you're probably not getting i don't imagine at the job surf community yeah, stadium
0: because all, all the seats are so close together in there so so that's you know that's uh, that's why you must feel so warm i mean obviously you'll get the warm fuzzy so feeling on the pitch at the minute as well which uh <laughs> true yeah but,
1: i mean i think as you probably are fully aware what i was getting at was just that the sheer volume of numbers is probably not quite so uh high and the people aren't maybe packed
0: in quite so
1: tightly there
0: i mean it's also yeah you know, i'm filled the corners in so you know it's, it's... I mean, you're asking for a cold statement if you don't do that, aren't you, basically? But yeah, never mind. Anyway, too much, too much, too much lead to chat, but plenty of interesting goalkeeper chat, I think, Andy, at the, t- at the top of this. Uh, but still, we will crack on as we always do with our game week 14 preview we'll start as we always do by running down the game week fixtures have a quick chat about this week's talking points which uh, fixtures and strategy may well feature Uh, we've got some new players on the radar for you Uh, nothing to swim against again for us this week so we're going to be catching each other in our honey traps once more and then we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat let's start then by running down those all-important fpl fixtures for game week 14 your deadline this game week 14 is saturday the 2nd of december at 1 30, it's because we have three three o'clock kickoffs to kick off our game week 14. They're Arsenal hosting Wolves, Brentford hosting Luton, and Burnley hosting Sheffield United. And then we've got a tea time kickoff on Saturday, Nottingham Forest playing Everton, and then also a late evening kickoff on Saturday, Newcastle hosting Andes and Manchester United.
1: On Sunday, also five games Bournemouth versus Aston Villa, Chelsea versus Brighton, Liverpool versus Fulham, West Ham versus Crystal Palace, and to finish the weekend off, Man City versus Spurs.
0: Plenty to and I guess we better, as we always do, really at this stage of the season midweek, talk about a little bit about European fixtures and European rotation. Um it felt in some respects like there was a lot on the line for um for the uh, English clubs coming into this European match day. And some of them have got the job done and others will still have plenty to, I suppose, plenty on the line going into match day six, which is in a couple of weeks time. Um, but I guess, you know, job done for for city and Arsenal, but Man United, Newcastle have plenty to play for. And obviously the Europa league, uh, is playing as we are recording, uh, seemingly going pretty well for Liverpool, but there's still a few things to tie up potentially for, for, for Villa, uh, West Ham and Brighton uh, as well. So, so yeah, I guess less maybe about this week and more about looking ahead to to future game weeks um, because yeah, some some teams will have the the ability to rotate uh, in in those midweek European fixtures uh, coming up.
1: Yeah, that, that that's it. I mean. Um... <laughs> whether I guess what's tricky is that you don't know when the rotation might be right like you depending it's going to be different for different teams there's not like a general pattern right like as happens with sometimes um game weeks 14 15 16 can mean different different levels of difficulty for different um different teams in this in this run right um I guess yeah, like you said, you can try and get some clues from those who will have a game in the game week between 16 and 17 as to, you know, you might an Arsenal and a City might not need to rotate in 16 in the same way as a as a Newcastle or a Man United might need to. Um, so yeah, I guess it's it's being conscious of those different situations. Um, I think most have at least something to play for, even if it's like top spot rather than they might already be qualified, right? I think something definitely to be which is hasn't always been the case but something to be aware of particularly with the Europa League um and the and the Europa Conference League is that first spot you know skips you around right so mm. then thing in becoming first rather than second so Champions League you know if teams have qualified it doesn't it almost doesn't matter so they they might not be worried about the fact of coming first or second although obviously of course you know you avoid the other first place teams in the draw but there's a much more significant consequence in the Europa League to to winning your group because you get two free midweeks freed up you don't have to play the round of 32 so
0: um yeah just be just be aware of that one yeah, I think that's definitely good, good advice. And you just alluded to it, to it there. We've got uh, three FPL game weeks on the horizon now. Uh, pretty tight turnarounds. Obviously, we've got game week fourteen this weekend, but we do have a midweek uh, game week fifteen, and then next weekend is game week sixteen. Um, pretty tight. And I guess we're gonna. I guess that, you know, that means that we might see rotation across the board, Andy, not just from. Um, not just from European, uh, the European participants. Uh, equally, I'm not sure when press conferences are going to be, and, and, and I think sometimes you end up with press conferences after the deadline, particularly for those teams that play on the Thursday in the midweek. So plenty to keep, keep abreast of, I guess, for, for FPL managers. And I guess at this stage of the season, and particularly Christmas on the horizon, have a, have a bench that the, the plays is going to be pretty important. Yeah, I mean, definitely, we we say that actually a lot this
1: season because there's been a number of like injuries and things happening to, to to people. In fact, possibly we might have even just said it on last week's show. But um, yeah, having having um starters, people that you there's there's value in 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 making sure that there are starters. Obviously, if you haven't done that as a tactic throughout the season, then it's possibly a little bit late now to be uh, to be thinking about that uh, without having to rip up your team but yeah there there there's um well we we always talk about rotation it's it's something to be particularly keen on and we're aware of 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 this game week, yeah,
0: and then looking ahead uh through the or up until up until I guess and including the festive fixtures, possibly in terms of strategy. Obviously, there will be many, many, many of our listeners, and including uh, the two people on this podcast, that have not yet used their wildcard. And I think we had a quick chat, didn't we, last, uh, last week, about you know, looking at the optimum time to use it. And obviously, Man City may well end up being a big part of that, blanking in game week 18 uh, due to their participation in the Club World Cup, and then potentially back, or, or will be back for game week uh, game week 19, but obviously their game week 18 match has to be rearranged, and it being against Brentford, there is talk, I guess, and particularly among uh, or from Ben Crellin who obviously we're a long-time listeners to this pod will know that you know, we, we re- definitely respect everything that he does in terms of fixtures and looking at when uh, when when cancelled or postponed games are, are likely to be rearranged. So I think there is a, a, a pretty strong school of thought that that. That rearranged Brentford game for Man City could come in game week 20, um, which opens up an opportunity, Andy, for an Erling Haaland triple captain. But you can't play both chips all in one go. So if you are looking to wildcards, you can do it up to game week 20, but you can't. But you obviously won't be able to do your triple captain chip if you leave it that late either. So a few things to think about if you are still holding on to that to that wild card.
1: Yeah, that is a key thing. I think that people need to be aware of going into this stretch now because we are actually only five game weeks away from from that blank or four games away from that blank for Man City and Brentford so yeah um the general strategy I think we mentioned it right at the start of the season actually and, it, it, and we sort of said depending on if anything else happens and uh, nothing major is necessarily I know there's quite a few wild cards around game week like 9-10 but um other than that like it, you know there hasn't really been any major reasons for people needing to wildcard. And so there's a huge opportunity with um, Cities blank and you having, you know, the majority of people in the game having a lot of money invested in, in Erling Haaland. The ideal situation is that you don't want that stocked up on your bench when uh, City aren't playing. Right. So in game week where so the wildcard around that time enables you to release that money from Haaland make a different transfer spread it out across your team ideally you know going into game week 18 probably with two free transfers so that you can unlock that money and invest it somewhere else but then obviously you don't want to be without erling haaland in your in your fpl team when he does come back so you can use your wild card if you haven't yet in game week 19 or 20 um and there might be pros and cons to those two different approaches but a key one here is that if the man city brentford cancelled game in game week 18 does get moved to game week 20 that presents man city with a double game week of sheffield united at home and brentford at home and that is a massive opportunity for a potential harland wild um triple captain now when we get there there could be injury and fatigue problems they've just come back from saudi arabia for the club world cup there's a fixture congestion over the that winter christmas period so that could play a factor in whether he'd start or play in both games either but we're not we can't really know about that yet and so all we can do is think about you you may well want to have that opportunity of that game week 20 triple Captain chip, and if so then that would as as chris says something to not get caught out on Obviously, you can't play two chips in a single game week, so you would you would be sort of making sure you have to have used your wild card in game week 19. Because what you don't want is an absolute prime Haaland triple captain opportunity in game week 20, and you ha- but you haven't used your wild card yet, and you're in kind of a bit of a horrible situation of having to choose one or the other of like sacrificing losing your wild card basically or losing this this Haaland triple captain opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that's completely fair, and I think I think even we mentioned um, you know this kind of loose wildcard strategy uh, way back in the FPL Lions' long weekend when we did our strategy in keepers pod. I think it would have been what the first one of the season. So so yeah, um, go back and listen to that if if you think it would be worthwhile. I think it's also worth mentioning that obviously Man City historically have had you know a number of doubles, and obviously over the last couple of years we've had. Um, a variety of COVID or uh, Monarch-related reasons for plenty of double game weeks or or even uh, weather-related reasons for double game weeks. But City have also usually made the latter stages of of, of the League Cup. Um, Obviously, they didn't make the final last year, but there were postponements um, for uh, for that, which meant they had later doubles and obviously progress in the FA Cup could also mean later doubles. But as Andy says, that, that, that two home games against Sheffield United and Brentford in game week 20 will definitely be hugely appealing. Um, and obviously, yeah, there, there could be fatigue. There will be an FA Cup round three fixture to think about in there as well, particularly if that's against uh, a big Premier League side. But but yeah, it does look like a, a real prime opportunity for a Haaland triple captain. And uh, yeah, I think the, the advice not to get yourself too... Um, not to get too caught up with uh, the with, you know, wild card and don't have the opportunity to, to, to do both um, at optimum times is, is definitely one one to think about. Uh, let's move on, Andy, to our radar. Uh, and let's, oh, well, once again, no one on the centre of our radar, but we've got a couple of players in the mid range for this game week. And uh, Alexander Izak is the first one that we're going to mention. Fit again, I think he might have made a radar after game week or ahead of ahead of game week thirteen had we known he was definitely definitely fit coming off the international break and had we possibly recorded uh before or after Eddie Howell's press conference but he was fit in game week thirteen, played well, returned, um started again in the Champions League in midweek, got good underlying numbers and crucially Andy, a pretty good fixture run. Yeah, exactly. I mean he's
1: he's having his form you know having showing us a bit of form which isn't possible because of his injury away from from being on the centre frankly isn't he He's someone that we've both always liked we've said all season really that if you know who's starting uh in that number nine position for Newcastle then they've got a good chance of having goal opportunities um and Izak is the only fit striker at the moment for Newcastle so um there might well need to be some rotation because he hasn't he hasn't got the kind of sustainability to 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 be able to manage um every game i don't think and particularly in normal times possibly but particularly coming back from an injury himself so that's a small thing to look out for but i mean you'd imagine he's going to try they're going to try and play him as much as they possibly can um now the, the 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 run's not amazing amazing but you could particularly in these next three the 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 two after that are a bit better but it's also not like awful they've got man united this week then everton then tottenham and you know whilst on paper obviously united and tottenham may be traditionally bigger teams both defenses you can get at particularly spurs obviously at the moment right um so yeah they're they're also at home against against man united this game week so i think that helps them massively um they've had an extra day to recover from united being away in in turkey than than united have as well so um yeah uh, he's he's definitely someone um we know can get goals against anyone and his underlying numbers are fantastic second for non penalty xg in the last six games so yeah lots of positive factors really there for him
0: yeah, I mean Newcastle absolutely have their their injury issues at the minute, but it, mostly at the back, I guess. Going forwards, I mean, obviously they've got a few midfield absentees, um, but mostly going forward, you know, I guess they are you know, still managing to start Armour still managing to start uh, Anthony Gordon, and, and obviously having it having Izak there. I mean, obviously there is fixture congestion which has to be uh, taken into account. There weren't many times last year, Andy, when Izak played. Um, 90 minutes, sort of back to back to back, in quite the sort of level of frequency that he's being asked to now. I think ha- was were Cal and Wilson fit? I'm not sure if Isaac would even make the maybe make the radar because we'd expect Wilson to be starting. Some of these games, um, whether it's the European ones or, or as we say, you say, know, three FPL game weeks pretty close together, essentially in, you know, in a week uh, th- this time round. But 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 ultimately Wilson isn't isn't available, and therefore the the load is going to be on Isaac. Don't necessarily expect him to play the full ninety, but you'd imagine he's going to get seventy minutes plus because really Newcastle don't have an alternative. It kind of is Joe Linton or maybe Anthony Gordon playing as a bit of a false nine. So. So yeah, um, but beyond that, you know, we both really, really rate Isaac. He's got a good underlying numbers when he does play. And and as you say, you know, there's plenty of uh, of defenses in the coming games for for Newcastle to get at. Um second on the mid-range, Andy, is is Brian and Buemo. Um I think he's still relatively high owned, but he definitely did have some some sales pre international break um decent underlying numbers second midfielder for non-penalty xg and obviously he's on penalties as well hasn't had one necessarily recently and brentford don't have too bad a run but obviously there is that blank on the horizon in game week 18 although i guess if uh if if he was playing city then we we wouldn't necessarily be looking for many returns in that game anyway um but yeah not too much really more to, to to say about him i think he's one of the most transferred in players this game week too. I mean, I guess the fact that he's on our mid-range um, implies that, that that we like that too. But I do wonder if that's a little bit of an over-exaggeration. I think he was the most transferred in last week too. Um, I mean, is is his popularity or his increased popularity at the minute justified, do you think, given his underlying numbers?
1: I mean, I think so, yeah. He's, um, like you said, the second midfielder in the game for non-penalty XG, and he's on penalties. So that, that pumps that up. Like that puts him fifth in the whole game for XGI, if you if you combine the that with with the fact that he's top for XA because,
0: uh, you said earlier that he's got good XA as well so I yeah, guess top I
1: guess in he's... the game for the last in the last six matches for XA. kind of so... a triple
0: threat then in that sense if, if you've got the non- penalty you know, underlying numbers got the XA and and got penalties too it it kind of really is almost everything that you'd want, I guess yeah, exactly. and I think you
1: you've highlighted before that he's maybe not as good a finisher as obviously some of those other like premium players that we'd put particularly on the center of the radar. But if I was thinking about this again, and we didn't do this deliberately, um, if if I was to order this, although we've got both Izak and Mbouemo on the mid range, personally, I'd probably have Mbouemo as, as as above Izak, even like you know closer to the centre than than Izak is. Um, mm if you're viewing it as a radar, um, because 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 of those reasons. Like, yeah, that, that triple threat, that he's got the underlying numbers and he's obviously produced so far this season. He has had returns, um, met many of them. He's, he's one of the top scoring point scorers in the game this season, um, maybe fifth or sixth-ish, I think he is about at the moment. Um, and also that run is, is better than kind of okay, really. I can't remember what word you used to describe it, but like all right or something. He said, it from... For Brentford, generally, you can see them, you know, having um, not necessarily winning all the games, but for an attacking asset, it's Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United, Aston Villa, right? And um, Brighton and, and Villa have, despite being sort of decent teams, had... You know, shaky runs at points this season in terms of their, their XG conceded, and obviously they will have Europe and stuff tangled up in their rotation and everything as well. So, and that when when it's interspersed with, with with obviously Luton and Sheffield United as, as fixtures for Brentford, yeah, I think a really really fantastic option. He, he's also already over 25% owned, wemo So, if there are returns, then potentially big pain and damage for your rank if you don't own him.
0: Yeah that's uh, that's a good point I guess yeah it speaks to Obviously, his popularity at the start of the year, but also increasingly popular in the last couple of game weeks. I think he's around seven million now, Andy. That, that feels feels pretty steep, but then, um, but then, you know, I would say that having kind of owned him all season and almost got got on him early. So, so yeah, I think uh, it's you know ultimately has the underlying numbers to to justify the the price rises that he's had. Uh, yeah, and decent fixtures on the horizon too. Um, let's move outwards to the fringe, and uh, Ollie Watkins uh, is here. I mean, I guess we would probably have him higher on the radar, um, but his fixtures, particularly in the next three, are not all that great. Although if you did want to take advantage of his fixture in game week 14, there is ample opportunity, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I think he's top for non-penalty XG, right? And we've liked him at lots of points over his FPL career, frankly, and this season. So that's that helps him get on the radar he's he, yeah number one player in the entire game at the moment for non-penalty xg he's had plenty of returns so like he's got form and he's got underlying numbers um, which are again two of our kind of check marks for m- maybe even the center of the radar not just the radar at all but those fixtures yeah don't really don't particularly look good i don't think you, you can justify having someone who's got both city and arsenal the two best teams in the league at the moment in their next three games kind of any much higher than than where he is really, so yeah, obviously both City and Arsenal's defensive numbers are very good, the best in the league. So for an attacking, attacking asset like, like Watkins, obviously that that potentially spells difficulty in, in in getting goals. But this with this game week against Bournemouth um and his general underlying numbers, he I think, I think he sort of almost forced his way to at least be on the fringe. And yeah, if you if if you want someone in. Um, uh, particularly for this game week, that maybe could nick nick one on on the counter because Villa are quite attacking against even the better teams. And yeah, he's he's good for that.
0: Well, just stand on his price, Andy, at eight and a half million. I think I think we've we've made this comment before that he is the second most expensive forward in the game. Obviously, you know the price difference between him and Haaland is vast, but you know still he is more expensive than your Isaks and, and and the other players in that sort of seven seven and a half price range um I, I, it's, I guess it's hard to say is he worth it given the fixes on the horizon but I, you know, does, does he have the, the underlying numbers at the minute you would you say to, to to back up that that slightly increased price tag compared to say and an Isaac? it's it's tricky
1: that one because his his minutes are much more nailed but Isaac has as probably good a chance of scoring as him if they were both playing the same amount
0: of minutes so mm. it's finally balanced i think that Makes one, sense.
1: really yeah Makes sense. yeah
0: um i guess it also is worth mentioning that uh, that he was rested tonight in the uh, Europa conference league emery did imply that he had a little bit of a little bit of a of a niggling injury but but yeah i doesn't seem to be particularly serious so emery described it as both a rest and an injury so it probably sounds I guess he wouldn't have described it as a rest if it was a proper injury. So, so yeah, but maybe worth one keeping, keeping an eye on if if there is another press conference from from Emery before, uh, before the game week fourteen deadline. Um, another player that has plays in Claret and Blue and has impressed in the Europa League tonight, Andy uh, Thomas Suchek with another goal. Um, I mean, we picked up on him on the fringe last game week uh, for almost playing as number ten, um, and he's keep scoring goals and they're not always number 10 type goals they seem to be uh, late and sometimes from set pieces but pretty good fixtures on the horizon for West Ham and crucially 4.9 million pounds um if you are looking for a budget midfield enabler or maybe someone to improve a a, you know non-starter that's that's on your bench given the fixture congestion Suchek feels as nailed for minutes as perhaps anyone in West Ham's team um and he's very affordable and he's scoring goals yeah,
1: exactly, and I think we said a lot on him last week. In this vein, really, like playing as number ten, he's actually got the third best, which is an improvement for, on last week. Third best non-Penalty XG numbers for a midfielder in the game now, so only behind Mboumo and Salah um, in in the last six matches. That is, yeah, you know, getting in those advanced positions for for, for West Ham, and um, they have some of the some of the best fixtures in in, the, in that next five game weeks as well. They've got Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Fulham, Wolves, Man United. Um, as their next five fixtures so um yeah 4.9 million for someone who's who's yeah playing as a as a number 10 I mean even regardless of the underlying numbers there's 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 some benefit to that like we saw it i mean Fulham much more attacking team but we saw it with andreas a lot last season right um and such maybe not quite in his league in terms of quality and attacking ability but is ultimately getting forward and getting chances and has always been a threat even when he was playing in defensive midfield from set pieces which is where his goals have come from in the last two games so yeah really like it as as an enabler i mean some people are willing to have i mean um Cameron Archer at, uh, at Sheffield United is, is is still relatively high owned in the game um, and people are willing to have him just like sat there on the bench and for like not a great deal more. You can have Suchek who who is far, far more upside as, a, as an enabler um, and then like you say, allows you to put money kind of into an Izak or a Trippier or something like that somewhere else in your team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's finish then with uh, with the anyone else, uh, anyone that might catch our eye. And I guess we've still got the same, the same um, two from last week, Andy. I'm still keeping an eye on on, on Wolves' defence. I think they were pretty unlucky against Fulham to concede a couple of penalties. I think your uh, your assessment is that one was, one wasn't, but both were. Debatable, I guess. Um, and I get this playing out uh, in the numbers. I think Wolves are pretty mid-table for um, for expected goals conceded, but they're third best for non-penalty expected goals conceded, which implies that they're definitely doing something right organisationally. And yeah, plenty of four and a half million pound options uh, in there. But um, but yeah, fixture this this game week is arsenal i believe I so arsenal, yeah. yeah so maybe you will want to hold where, uh, where uh, until after that where yeah burnley forest west ham uh are, the, are their next three um Mar- pochettino teased us a little bit almost implying that nkunku was ready to to make his chelsea debut and then didn't even make the bench last week but you're definitely still keeping an eye on him Andy. Uh, anyone else for you though at the minute
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, he uh, is rumoured to be very close to being back, right? And Chelsea have got Brighton and United in the next two games. But after that, a lovely little fixture swing. I mean, Everton, Sheffield United, Wolves. But then I think it gets even better after that for Chelsea. So, um, yeah, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on Chelsea and their fixture swing when it gets towards those like Boxing Day games. Uh, for sure yeah oh it's um what is it after that yeah Crystal Palace Luton Fulham the next three after that actually as well so so yeah really nice little run um I very much like Anthony Gordon on the eye and he's not the typical type of player that I would really think about for my FPL team I don't think because he's a bit too up and down streaky um doesn't have as good out as good at output underlying numbers usually but his output has looked very good. His crossing and his kind of passing, creating dangerous chances, at least on the eye, has looked good. His underlying numbers are like okay without getting anywhere near being in the top 10 or 20. So not, um, not like in the game that is. So it's so not like amazing, but that's why he's kind of on the anyone else here just as like to keep an eye on and if he can sort of boost those underlying numbers a little bit for me, at least certainly, like I like the, the, the end product that he seems to be providing now.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. He's yeah, he's a player that for me is just not very fashionable, but for no real reason, and it feels a bit on yeah, it feels a bit unfair because um, yeah, he is he is having for all intents and purposes a, a pretty good pretty good season. Uh, for me, it's Luis Diaz going to keep an eye on him. Um, Diego Jota out for an extended period, uh, which means that I think Luis Diaz is, is is almost more nailed for minutes than perhaps he. He, he usually would be uh, in, in Liverpool's side. We know that when he's when he's uh, fit and able and, and starting, he's, he's a goal threat. He scored tonight in the, in the Europa League, um, and yeah, I think he can probably do that in in the Prem. It's just whether you, whether Salah owners would want to double up on on him, or maybe it's worth a downgrade to uh, to, to put some money elsewhere. Um, but yeah, Lewis Diaz is one that I'm going to keep a bit of an eye on. Let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's uh, take a quick break, and then when we return, we will be trying once again to catch each other in. In our honey traps.
1: Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.
0: Welcome back then. So caught in the honey trap segment. Let's review our ones from last week. Uh you had Man City Newcastle Arsenal, none to have a clean sheet. And I didn't take you on that. And I I could have had some some precious honey there. Uh yeah. But yeah, I get I I get I guess ultimately I just just agreed with you, didn't I? So it was um yeah, but never mind could have got some could have got some of that sweet sweet nectar uh, and then for me none of uh sheffield united everton or burnley to lose and you took me off on that but i escaped so what you got well, for me I, this? well i i, escaped. You escaped. You I escaped. escaped
1: i kept my own honey and everyone wants a piece of this honey uh, and i took yours so which is cheap and easy to get hold of so um yeah in fact all of them lost All of of them lost. Yeah. Um, And two out of the three kept a clean sheet in my one. It was uh, sorry, didn't keep a clean sheet. It was it was Arsenal, though, who who did in the end, although by all accounts, they were pretty lucky to um, in in that game. So, yeah, nothing to swim against really for us this week again, which I feel a bit like that that is more like the bread and butter of this segment really isn't it like mm. trying to highlight a, a move for people to avoid really to that even though it seems like a consensus one maybe that's a little bit more helpful for people from an FPL point of view but really just injuries and and fixture swings really dominating the last doing so again again here so we've got nothing to swim against have we
0: well, I, mean, I guess I guess the one that's maybe just, just worth highlighting is that Karen Matoma is the second most transferred out because he is flagged but yet has started tonight in the Europa League. But that isn't something that, that feels more like a public service announcement than a swimming against the tide, if that makes sense. Like yeah. is us just saying, Oh, yeah, you know, I mean obviously as 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 we've done many a time in this segment, you know, we don't really advocate for early transfers, therefore anyone that did Matoma early without knowing full well that they had a fixture in midweek, maybe should have waited. Um, but beyond that yeah there's not there's there's not really a lot there as you say a lot of the transfers out are injury related um, and you know a couple of the I mean of the top five my transfer did and one is on our radar one was on on our anyone else and and the other three are Arsenal players and we can't really kind of argue against any of those either so um, so yeah caught in the honey trap what do you have for me this week Andy show me the honey bebe
1: well i I, as will probably surprise you in no way whatsoever i can't
0: is it about tv TV fixtures it's not oh okay right you've uh, already surprised me oh well okay but you might kick yourself when i say this but (laughs)
1: looking at the fixtures like this the beautiful perfect symmetry of them i cannot resist an opportunity to discuss the difference between the Saturday games and the Sunday games, right? Yeah, that so is another
0: classic year, isn't
1: it? But, it is, yeah, okay. it is, yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm going <laughs> with this. And I, I weighed up a few different things, um, but what I'm going for is, and you know, it, it's very simple to say, but you might not quite get your head around. So if you need further clarification, let me know. Yeah. What I'm gonna say is this, no game on Saturday will have more goals than a Sunday game.
0: Okay so you think that the the lowest amount of goals in any of the Sunday games will be more than the highest scoring game on the, the Saturday well not quite more not or equal to more or equal
1: so, so no game Villa... on sat no game on saturday will have more than a sunday game so it could be the same as but yeah not, but not more than now so to explain this further a little bit right so originally you know the the first go-to is like total goals right yeah
0: yeah I, yeah.
1: I felt like there's to me at least there's quite a clear gap in that we've like some like Luton Burnley Sheffield United Nottingham Forest Everton Wolves playing on Saturday yeah that, that there is a big potential for fewer goals and you just wouldn't have really gone near that i don't think like there, there probably mm. will be more goals in total on sunday right however when you get into the fact of like any one of them being more than any one of the sunday ones um yeah yeah i, I mean, mean can I, see I that mean, happening
0: I, and i feel like i can't not take you on this
1: yeah, the, the the big worry. So so naturally, I like to try to find some like numbers, some data behind it, right? And yeah. uh, the the place to go for this is uh, the spreads, um, a different right. form of of of, of betting, uh, which we probably shouldn't get into and describe. But it basically is a place that gives it gives you a, a more accurate reading of like the number of, in this context, the number of goals expected in each game, right? Yeah, not just an under over two and a half like we might normally talk about. Um, so uh, the, the 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 clear lowest, in fact, actually the lowest for the weekend, actually no joint lowest at the weekend it, on Sunday is West Ham Palace. Right. That that's the one that's really potentially, according to the spreads, at least causing me a problem here. That's in for about two and a half goals that game. Right. Um, whereas Unite- Newcastle versus Man United and Arsenal Wolves are both in for about three. Right. So obviously, if either one of those beats West Ham Palace, then then obviously you're golden in in this in this. Most of the other most of the other um, Sunday games are in for slightly over
0: three goals
1: to varying but, different
0: degrees. But, but is, is it so? Am I right in understanding this? That basically, if there is if there is a, a nil nil on Sunday and providing there aren't five nil-nils on Saturday if I take you up on it then I, whip, then I, then I, then I win that
1: would be correct if there's a nil-nil on Sunday I'm heavily screwed in this bet here yeah. because all you need is one goal on Saturday I mean,
0: and in theory even if there's a one-nil on Sunday you are going to be surely you're pretty screwed yeah yeah I mean yeah, I mean okay yeah I mean I, 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 I get where you're coming from with it I think it is probably one of the most bold ones you've ever put out there do you think and therefore yeah think? i do i do because like because this doesn't seem like it's anywhere near 50 50. no probably not right so i'm having it, well, <laughs> I'm having it yeah. all day. i mean
1: i should have probably maybe thought a little bit more in the set because apart from west ham palace essentially all of the sunday games are in for more goals than the saturday games right sure so that's the kind of thinking here but obviously it can i only need one to
0: buck that to be which is
1: which is where it's sort of fallen down a bit yeah so maybe maybe i could have thought about a different way to like word it that might have Mm. made it a little bit closer uh, about like i don't know two of them or something needing to go yeah
0: because in theory i only need one low scoring game on sunday and one high scoring game on saturday and it's 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 it's, good night irate isn't it so yeah exactly well yeah. but 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 even more but even more
1: damagingly than that though you don't even you don't need both those you only need one no, of those. Sure. You yeah, only need yeah. either really a high scoring game on saturday or a low scoring game on sunday right so
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah i think maybe i should I-, I should have thought about this one a little bit more but hey there we go there we go
0: well yeah always the showman always the entertainer uh but yes i will be taking you up on that one i mean i think mine is similarly um Not ill thought out, but I think it is similarly, like, not close to 50-50. But I like it, and I like it for a reason that, without bearing the lead, we might come on to in the captaincy segment. So mine is, there will be no away win in the Premier League this week. No away win. No away win.
1: Now, I can see why you're saying that, because most of the better teams are at home <clears throat> frankly right um, yes. some of the best teams in the league at the moment well you could you could make a case that the four best teams are Arsenal, Newcastle Liverpool and City and they're all at home yes um, I mean obviously I've got I think I've got to take it uh, you would pro- I imagine you would be able to work out the because, uh, essentially, yeah. you're saying home team or draw in every game, right? Yes. And yeah. multi it up, uh, yeah. which I imagine would be pretty short. So, yeah, I guess I've got to take you. Because, obviously, you know, Palace could, could beat West Ham. You could see that happening. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brighton could beat Chelsea. You could see that happening. Villa, I think, is the big one here. Uh,
0: Villa, I think Villa will be, yeah, Villa's probably, what, the shortest-priced-away team that was we'll uh, looked, but but you've got to, got to be surely you um, think so the,
1: the the odds will be will be overly favorable towards man united because they always yeah. are because of asian money moving yeah. the moving the market uh but uh, you know it's possible it's within the realm i don't want to even entertain it as a as a cynical fan but it's yeah. an, i can be open enough to say it's within the realm of possibility so um yeah, I've 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 definitely got to take that, and I like it. Yeah,
0: yeah, interesting one though, wasn't it? Because yeah, I mean, let's let's move on now to to captaincy, and 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 compared to last week, we feel like we've got a glut of options this week, and I think that is because a lot of the big teams are at home and with relatively favourable fixtures. And let's start at the top: um, Erling Haaland versus Tottenham. I mean, this is. You know, perhaps on paper, not the most obvious captaincy option this week. But I think given Tottenham started a back four of Porro, um, Emerson Royale, Ben Davis and Destiny of in their last game, you know, Eric Dyer, a recognised centre back, couldn't get in ahead of Ben Davis and um and and Emerson Royale. I feel like this is potential for Haaland to completely feast. Um but equally Salah at Fulham definitely got some appeal. Saka at Wolves definitely got some appeal. Where are you feeling like you might go?
1: Well, I mean, I, I was I was fairly sure before thinking about this captaincy segment about Salah against Fulham. I just I just felt like, you know, he's at home. He uh, Fulham Fulham concede chances. Um, he's had lots of points at home so far this season um i guess fulham in my mind are worse than they probably are because in pretty much all their premier league seasons they've been really really bad and they're more so mid-table when it comes to conceding xg this season so um maybe that's a a slight kind of caveat that i should take into my thinking but um yeah when when you when you when you kind of word it when you put it in such simple terms like the fact of the state of Tottenham's defence at the moment, and obviously Haaland's ability as a striker. There's, then why, why is there any more chance of, of Salah getting points in Haaland And and that's 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 difficult to to explain. Yeah, I mean, I think there are many good other options. I think this is what you're alluding to with your you're your caught in the honey trap of of players playing at home this this game week, but with both Haaland and Salah at home against teams that you'd expect them to score against, it's just, unfortunately for those other potentially good options, it just, it blows them out of the water, I think.
0: I don't know. um, I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on this on, you know, when you've been doing your sort of live scoring throughout, throughout the game week, but it doesn't even feel like Salah is much of a differential captain anymore. It feels like he almost has the same estimated ownership when he, when he's got a favourable captaincy matchup as he does this week than, than Haaland does um, so yeah I mean I think for me I'm just going to keep keep riding the Haaland train he's sort of rarely let me down um, and yeah Salo Salo doesn't feel like he's as much of a differential option with, with you know the potential to to really make some gains um, if, if if Haaland doesn't doesn't blank quite in the same way or Haaland does blank in, in quite the same way that he perhaps was earlier in the year. So yeah, I think I'm 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 almost more inclined to to, to play it a bit safer because yeah, I you think know, Harland's estimated ownership for for me, having got captain tip in the last couple of game weeks hasn't really been anywhere close to to the two hundred percent that it was earlier in the season. So so yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like that's probably where I'm gonna go. But but as you say, Salah um you know he scored a penalty tonight. I think that reminds us of 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 what he is Capable of, and the fact that he you know, he's on penalties, and Liverpool do create chances and do get into the box and create opportunities. But the same can be said for Bukayo Saka. I think he's uh, incredibly creative, and I'm and playing a Wolves side that you know are good. Um, and as 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 I said on the radar, you know have 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 reasonable um, non-penalty underlying um, expected goals against. But you would know, expect Arsenal to be able to to you know to do something against them. I mean, a few real real kind of rogue options Andy Burke again equally you feel like they could definitely return um and would also be on penalties would be Isaac against Man United and Brian and Buemo against Luton um I mean maybe not quite as good as as, as Harland but you know if Haaland had a had a Liverpool this game week then I could absolutely see why you'd be maybe thinking along the Isaac and Buemo line too
1: yeah well I mean Brentford are always a very like creative team right and um Luton's XGC this season has been really poor recently. I think they're bottom for non penalty expected goals conceded in their last six matches of all teams in the league. But also, in particular, their away XGC, because actually their home expected goals conceded hasn't been. Any as bad, they've been more like mid table, so they're away. Expected goals conceded is really, really dragging them down because it's so bad. And obviously, they are away at Brentford in, in this game this game week. So, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely don't
0: hate the uh, the 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 Mbomo shout at all, really. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean. Yeah, I wonder oh it would be interesting to, to, to kinda of know if we were to do a captaincy poll who might who might come out on top. Maybe that's something that we can do on uh on on, on X uh, at, at FPL underscore Lounge to uh to gauge what our what our listeners are feeling. But but yeah, I think um I think given Tottenham's defensive issues, I'm gonna lean Haaland. But I think if 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 those issues weren't maybe quite what they were, then then yeah, I can see why Salah or some of the others would definitely appeal uh let's leave it there then Andy. let's bring this podcast to a close as we always do with a little game we like to call who the heck is stat each week andy and i take it in turns to pick a player from the fpl universe and the other person has to guess who it is they get five clues and if they guess it off the first clue they get five points off the second clue they get four points and so on and so forth and each time they hear a new clue they get two minutes to stick or twist on their previous guess. so we don't reveal the answer to the end so you can play along wherever you are listening to the fpl lounge podcast uh, and if you are playing along, then you will not be aware that I got three points last week uh, by getting Matty cash. Uh, so yeah, we've had a couple of uh, a couple of three pointers in a row now between us. Um, currently leading, I'm currently leading 17 to 15, and his opportunity to close the gap. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, all right. It feels good loose? to be in a slightly closer competition. Um, loose? I don't know. Not loose. Stiff and old and not loose,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make the innuendo when you say that you're stiff, so I guess I can't. I mean, I, I could have it. made
1: one when you, when you said you thought I was loose as well, so yeah,
0: you could have done yeah, it. Yeah, works yeah. both ways, absolutely. Absolutely, all right, then. Well, let's uh, let's crack on. Uh, and that, cl- that first clue then, so it is this player's fourth season in FPL, and they've never scored more than 50 points in an FPL season. Who the heck is stuck? Fourth season.
1: Okay. Who could be fourth season? Now, I'm going to take a slightly different approach here and go for, rather than going down fixtures, think about players who are relatively high owned. Because I sort of realized when I was doing this last week that we generally tend to pick players higher owned, don't we? I mean, I suppose they only have to be 5% owned to be eligible for the game, so maybe that's a risky tactic. Yeah, maybe it is early on, so I'll save that for maybe later in the in the round. So let's just focus on on someone who's probably not played much, been in the but been in the league four years. Um, possibly they're young or had a, they've had to have a lot of injuries if they had not scored more than fifty points. Um, God, I can't even think of a single name though that would fit that fourth season, less than fifty points. Tomoyasu. Well, I mean, that's literally because Arsenal are top of the thing, so that's silly. Uh, could be his fourth year. thought he might have creeped over 50 in one season, but at least it's an option, a place to start. Uh, Ait Nuri. Might his ownership have creeped over 5% now the Wolves. Wolves. Uh, Brentford, it could be a few players' fourth seasons for them. Visser. Hmm this I could have again I thought he might I, I've got a vague feeling we said he was on 60 something last season when we looked at him at the start of the year so Burnley, Sheffield I don't know Forrest I don't know Everton fourth season 10 seconds okay yeah well I'm just going to have
0: to go Asu. I haven't got to second half of the fixtures but
1: uh, Tomoyasu
0: I guess I mean, it is. all right then clue number two this player has only ever registered eight attacking returns in fpl two of which have been this season and both of those came in the same game who the heck is stat
1: ah uh, only ever registered eight attacking returns which would make sense if they've never had more than 50 points and they've only had two this season i don't know if that tells me though that they're I'm not really sure what that tells me. I already knew they hadn't played much before now. And only two attacking returns. I mean, is that because they're like, are they an attacker for a bad team or slash midfielder? Or is it because they're like a defender? Uh, Two attacking returns. I suppose it's possible. um, Would Tomoyasu have had eight? feels like a lot, like he might have had like an assist or whatever this season I think he's had the odd goal or assist here or there, so I suppose it could still apply to him (sighs) keep going down fixtures Villa Douglas will have had more, what other type of players there, fourth season Uh, not going to be Bailey, not going to be Diaby not going to be Watkins, not going to be McGinn, not going to be Ramsey a defender there, yeah, I guess Matty Cash maybe, as he had, I feel he's kind of had, we had him last week though. Um, Bournemouth player, not many of them are in the game. Chelsea. Guns. Uh, What have we got for Chelsea? Probably none of them, I mean. Kaiseido, but wouldn't have played enough for them, would have had more than 50 points bright and god there's a whole ream of players i guess it could be there 10 seconds Fulham. Well, um <laughs> at this point i'm gonna have to stick tommy and maybe i've missed
0: something obvious but i don't know what i've learned there so i don't really know where else to go tommy it is then sticking clue number three this player is the third highest owned player and the highest owned defender at his club while he's also among the 10 highest owned defenders in the game who the heck is Stapp?
1: Highest owned defender at his club. Is that what you said? And, yes. and the third highest owned player at his club. Highest owned defender at his club. Third highest owned player at his club. Top 10 highest owned defenders in the game. Correct. Um, top 10 highest owned defenders in the game. Okay, well, I know this from a little bit from doing Matty Cash last week. So, Trippier... Anderson Um, obviously Cash was up there Walker was up there Saliba
0: Gabriel Uh, Esther Pinyan could be Esther Pinyan I don't
1: know if he would have had four seasons though would he um walker was up there but it's not him because he's had tons of seasons it's not trips anderson has he had two this season he's definitely had a couple of goals but he must have had more than 50 points at some point saliba's the one i guess because he's been in and out of the league like on loan at places and again, but then would he have had attacking? Re- did, you, did you say he's had this person's had eight attacking returns in total
0: in in his FPL career? Yes. FPL totally this career. season, because like when seconds. when would
1: when would they when would Saliba have had the time to get eight with all of his loans and things? So I think it could be he could fit for a lot of them. But third highest owned player. And seconds oh fuck uh, mm, uh, well it's not Tommy Asu so I'm going to have to just go Saliba but I don't have time to think about who else could be in the top 10
0: to Saliba okay clue yeah. number 4 this player once started an FPL season at the lowest possible starting price but has been 0.4, 0.5 million more expensive at the start of the last 2 seasons and has had 2 price rises this season who the heck is that hmm. so 4.7
1: million now has been 4 mil in the past but would be in the top 10 of defenders right now highest defender at his club top 10 highest owned defenders in the game is there something else? i is there a different another clue?
0: I'm not. What are the other clues? Fourth well, season FPL, never scored more than fifty points in the season, only ever registered eight attacking returns, two of which have been this year and both in the same game. And then yeah, third highest owned player at his club. Third highest player at his club, highest owned defender at his club, top ten highest owned defenders in the game.
1: Could it be so so it's someone who doesn't usually Get minutes, and it has to be from the 50 points thing, but is now getting minutes to be, or, or, or I suppose someone who they thought at the start of the season was going to get minutes, but now has dropped off a bit, but has still just clung on to like top 10 defenders, but then 4 mil in previous years, though not this year. Um, you have 30 seconds yeah I mean I don't know why I'm dancing around Tim Ream probably not him Um, so Trent could be fourth season I would have had more than 50 points Um,
0: West Defenders 10 seconds
1: ah what was i what was i even on
0: saliba saliba one second oh i got a stick then but i don't Mm. uh. got a stick all right i think i think you might kick yourself but i do also get why you didn't get it because it is a surprising one but here we go clue number five This player is currently in his side's regular 11 due to an injury to their starting left-back who is is a comparatively more expensive FPL asset. Who the heck is stat?
1: Mm, Does that mean then that Simakas is more owned than Trent in the game? Because I suppose Trent's expensive. Uh, That's really annoying though. Yeah. So let me think let me just think about the other things, just to be sure. Fourth season could well be more than fifty points yet. Yeah, I guess probably might not have made fifty points in another one. Two attacking returns this season, yeah. Probably about eight in total, probably about right. Um highest owned defender at his club, third highest owned player, so he'd be ahead of him, Salah and pff, Allison, maybe. Um top ten defenders, yeah. I guess if he's high stone defender at Liverpool. Yeah. Well, and obviously but yeah, he has definitely been obviously he's been four million, so yeah, uh, it probably is Simacast then. Uh, I think you were telling me about my seconds again there, but I'm gonna
0: go with Simacas. Yeah. Alright, is that a final answer? Yeah, and you can hear me now. I can. Yeah, great. It is Costa Simakas for one point. Yeah. So highest owned Liverpool defender, mm. and that was a surprise to me. But yeah, I guess. Well, I it it, it I put it in as a clue, and I yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, I guess in some respects it's um it's it's a bit of a mean one because it's a surprising one, but. There we go. Um, Third-highest-owned player at Liverpool, uh, behind Salah and Nunes, incidentally. Um, Simcas is, is, is ahead of Alisson. And yeah, fourth FPL season, obviously he has just about got 40-plus points in, in the previous couple when he's deputized for Robbo. Um, I think he was 4 mil the year Robbo got injured very early or maybe at the start of the season. So he was in a lot of people's teams then, wasn't he? But, um, but yeah, four and a half this season. Um and yeah, there you go. Costa Simicas. But a bit of a surprise. I did think also you maybe the two in the same game might have helped you because I think you owned him when he got those. It was only a couple of game weeks ago. Yeah. So I think had you had you got him early, you definitely yeah, there wouldn't have been the clues to ever come off him. Um so a bit of a boom or bust one, I think a little bit. But but yeah, I mean obviously I made sure that you got at least one point out of this one. Uh so there we go. Uh Costa Simicas, it is let's, just, let's bring this one home then andy uh, if our managers have any questions about anything fpl related particularly possibly to do with strategy heading into game week 18 19 and 20 and maybe when to play the wild card if they still hold on to it how can they get in touch or
1: well, they can find us on twitter
0: now known as x
1: or instagram at fpl underscore lounge and um yeah, we should we should say some more things on there our, ourselves I suppose but it'd be yeah interesting to know who who's who's out there who's listening new who's a new listener this season who's been listening for the full four years
0: to this point um yeah let us we'll know how strong. you're doing
1: yeah
0: absolutely absolutely and uh, yeah do remember if you are a new listener or even an old one to, get, uh, to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from um Andy, we didn't have a conversation pre-pod about when we're going to do the next one did we so, well not pre pod, but I, I feel like in did we do it being the very uh forward
1: thinking, organised guys that we are, we maybe mentioned we might be able to get together on Sunday evening,
0: uh, ahead of uh the next game week. Did we? Did we? I lied. So we'll have to take this off air. We'll have to take this off air. But um but yeah, we will be back with a game week fifteen preview before I get is uh, Tuesday the fifth of December. Uh, and then yeah. 16 uh, 16 preview pod but that may not take in every fixture in game week 15 because obviously that game week 16 deadline is next saturday too Uh, but andy until the game week 15 preview thanks for joining us in the fpl lounge